and we're doing it. Welcome to the Steamboat Comedy Podcast, everybody. This is Kyle Ruff with you again. To my left is Mr. Jared Morrill. What's going on? And joining us is Boo. our good buddy. <laughs> are, are you booing yourself? or? Oh. No, no, no. I was booing everybody that came before me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you can applaud for me. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Yeah. And joining us... Are you shill? Is <laughs> Dance puppet. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mr. David. Corey David is joining us, everybody. Say hello. hello, Corey. Hello, how are you? Dude, last night was a lot of fun. We had a great show. Yes, last night was a blast. So we just did a show, uh, a little comedy show, the Winter Welcome Comedy Show, we called it at Schmickety's downtown. Yep. Awesome turnout. Thank you to everybody who came out. We had a great time. And uh, Corey and our buddy Mark masters also both from denver uh-huh came up to join us and knocked it out of the park Dude, it was it was really worth the trip i mean i love this town in general i i just i like the fact that it's got its own identity and it's still got like this touch of like uh kind of old west feel so the resort's fun and the fact that you guys are running comedy stuff up here is great um yeah, I think just like having great venues that are willing to be on your side and let you do what you want to do, and then you guys taking the promotion end, you know, and yeah. getting yeah, good comics. In. Well, getting good comics in here is going to be the biggest thing for sure. You know, like not to say that like the local scene isn't like doing things and there's not good comics here, but I think it's it's a twofold deal. Like you yeah. don't want to like burn people out on yeah. just like what the local scene is doing, right? Um, so if you can counter like if you can counter that with Let's give the local talent, like local talent, an opportunity to thrive, and mm-hmm. give them like live shows. But then also bring in some like heaters from Fort Collins and Denver to make this like a viable deal where people okay. are like, "Yeah, this is a f- this is a great show. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a fantastic show. Oh yeah, because we're I mean we got a lot of good people here, but we're all real green. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, we're, big time. We're doing this on our own, and we a lot of people who are like staples in our comedy community have done actual comedy as many times as a lot of people do in a week in denver yeah yes. you know what i mean are you so recording now we are recording. Yeah. okay that's good because <laughs> <laughs> anybody that's not that didn't hear this before was uh we we were we thought we were recording for like five minutes yeah we totally there was a lot of racial slurs uh, yeah a lot of f-bombs it was, it was real graphic yeah it was a lot more fun than this is right now so but, yeah. but you know what you're never gonna hear it you're never gonna hear it well, we, there's always time to throw in more racial slurs. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got plenty of time. It's what we live for. <laughs> All right, you kikes. Uh, so. <laughs> are there anything, is, are there any slurs that you can say about Irish people that they get really bent out of shape uh, about? Mick. Some, yeah, Mick people. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that's like, I've never heard anybody get like bent out of shape about a Mick. Go to South Boston. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I believe Yeah? It. Oh yeah. Have you seen bar fights happen over a mic a mic drop? Yeah, at the ba- <laughs> yeah, at the Banshee in fucking Dorchester. Oh, the Banshee. Yeah, Dude, I've been there. The Banshee. That What's the place that Whitey used to hang out at in Southie? Yeah, that place. Yeah, I've been there before. It's a weird breed. I don't think I could ever be attracted to a woman with like a thick Southie accent. I'm a chick walking up to you going, geez, I haven't seen you since I seen you. Let me suck your cock. <laughs> Let me see that <laughs> cock. Yeah, what do you got in your cock. pants, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, throw a Dunkachino on there. Give it hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be weird, dude. I don't, I've never dated any kind of a, an accent. You've never you dated know. an accent? I've never dated a single accent. Yeah. No. Not even one accent. No? Just Midwest. I yeah, really so no boring accent. Midwest white girls. <laughs> no Minnesota. I, I well, no, I guess I I was hooking up with a Minnesotan. 
But she wasn't. It wasn't a super thick Minnesotan accent. Just a hint of Minnesotan. Just a touch oh, of the yeah. downs. Yeah, just a touch of the downs. <laughs> that's how I get them, baby. <laughs> Those downs girls. Yeah, that's fair. Very easy. Dated a girl from Spain. I think I heard every third word she said. And some of them had a lisp on them. I remember her. Language is Barcelona. Language is, isn't necessary. Yeah, right? It's mostly just the, uh, the sounds that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's all intention. We all, we all, you know, know where to stick it. And that's the universal language of love. I think that sounds like rape, Kyle. That sounds like, uh, that sounds... No, no, no. <laughs> no. Love, love is in the butthole. I think that's the Man, prostate. You guys, you guys have been living in this fucking oh, mountain no, town yeah, for my, like my goddamn butthole. long. Yeah, this is what hill, this is what hillbillies talk about. Like, this is a hillbilly-ass podcast. There's some deliverance oh, fucking lovemaking Have you seen podcast. this podcast, dude? Love is, love is through the asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the way to a man's heart. Yeah, Mormons Mormons do that where they they skirt uh, having like the admittance of having sexual intercourse by either uh, doing anal or they have this thing called the Provo soak. Oh, so yes. I, I was about yes. to ask people you about soak. that. Yeah, people yeah. soak. All right, so I'm Mormon for everybody else that doesn't know that. Mm. Yeah, because nobody else here would know that. Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you like? Still Mormon? No, or you were raised. I'm still, in the, I'm still in the church registry. Like I didn't like call them and be like, "Hey, take me out." Of- <laughs> okay, <laughs> I want right. off the Mormon list, please. Until they you. hear this. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, they 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 like to pat the stats. You know, you want to keep the numbers high. Of course, fair enough. Yeah, Actually. that's fair. So I was raised Mormon. I was never really on board. My parents jumped around from like different religions when we were kids, and uh, my mom stuck with like the Mormon religion when we were like twelve or whatever. Actually, probably a little earlier than that. Uh, but I was never really on board. And we were the only Mormons in our school. So it was never really, like, that big of a thing. But it's it, interesting because we know other people who are Mormons, but they're from, like, Utah and shit. Yeah. It's kind of interesting hearing from you who is a Mormon from a super not-Mormon place. Yeah, well, it is and it isn't. So the church was started in upstate New York, and that's where I'm from. And it's we- <laughs> So they got kicked out of five different states before they wound up in Utah. So that's really? kind of like if you wow. got kicked out of every bar in your hometown, and yeah. then eventually you were like, "We're gonna start our own bar." <laughs> 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 they literally got chased out of everywhere. They got like tarred and f- remember when tarred and feathered was? I, you don't. Re- none of us remember uh, when well, tarred yeah. and feathered was a thing. Ta- tarred and feathered. Could you imagine that feathered. happening? Do you, do you now? know what that means? Yeah. So like, got, people I'm just thinking about it the wrong way. <laughs> oh, like a tard. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, you hit him so hard he went stupid you throw feathers at him. <laughs> yeah, we tarred and feathered him. Shit, man. I don't know, I think he's, I've never even thought of that. I think he's trying to suck the sap out of that tree now. Yeah. Well, I mean, because there's no differentiation in how you enunciate that word. It's yeah. just how it's tard. spelled, right? Yeah. Tard. Nothing wrong with what we're saying. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, the way was, I said it was yeah. wrong. He was retarded and feathered. He's yeah, retarded. I, heard, yeah <laughs> I heard you. I was. I he heard was tarred, and, and then they did it again. I, he was retarded. I heard you loud and clear. <laughs> I always, my dad would always say that, and it like sounds funny because there's feathers. But then I watched the John Adams miniseries, and they actually tar and feather this guy, yeah. and it's like really horrifying, brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, a really it's horrific terrible. way to everything, die. Everything about it is terrible. What part of you thought that it was fine before I mean, just, that? It just sounds silly. Like you get it like is. tar on yeah. your arm. Yes, yeah, because you saw pictures like little four by four pictures in your textbooks when you were a kid about right, some um, guy um, basically some running g- around in a fucking chicken suit. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And you're just like, hey, that doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, oh, well, what a silly Hot thing to 
do. Tar. Like yeah. they, I, they make streets out of that. Like you, you know, die and then they after you get tarred and feathered. Yeah. I was going to say, like. There's no coming back from getting tarred and feathered. Yeah. Would I'd you never... rather be canceled or tarred and feathered? Would you rather be culture canceled or tarred and feathered? <sighs> See, I don't know how you thought that was all fun. Like Emphasis on the tarred. <laughs> Big tarred. <laughs> Big well, no, like, tarred. Part of my family like owns a paving company, so oh shit, son, that's like owning a plantation back in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, killed a lot. Your of whole people. family tarred a lot. Yeah, of we're people. we're gonna get tar reparations from your family. Well, we're Italian, so we quote unquote tarred tarred streets. You know, I think Hoffa's buried under yeah, West so, Central. Yeah, so yeah, so they say. Yeah, so they say. Yeah, they yeah. tarred streets. Yeah, you tarred street. <laughs> yeah, they're all whiny and shit. Yeah, if you had to tar, if you had to tar something again, would you have to retard it? Yeah, yeah, you have yeah, to retard good. the street. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Double and, tard. and my anger because I had to retard it. Please retard your anger. Thank you. Okay. All right. Anyways, go. What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, we're talking about we you being Mormon. So oh that's yeah, <laughs> that's pretty retarded. So, <laughs> Transition. Uh, yeah. So I just, it's not that much different than like other religions you know it, like the origin story of it i mean they're all wacky if you really think about yeah, it. yeah i mean yeah. the origin story of it basically sounds like every drug trip that i've ever been on <laughs> you know and i was like yeah i've found god in the middle of a forest too like that th- that totally checks out so he was just like really good at convincing people that he yeah was. he was just a really good con artist yeah or at least the most recent one but there were a <laughs> lot there was like i think at that time, I forget what it was called. There, it was like an era, and there was it was a, an era of time in U.S. history. And then also in this region of New York, it also had like a name um, that's escaping me right now. But there was like 300 new religions that started in that same like decade, wow. in that same like 100-mile proximity. And that's the one that made it was Mormonism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is basically like that was the one that people got on board with. And then that was the one that had the biggest following. And the reason it kind of kept going was because America was so new at that point. Right. right. So they wind up in Utah and there's nobody there except for like Native American tribes. Right? right. So when the federal government is like ready to make Utah a state, the Mormons are like, well, that's peachy. We're already here. We can do that for you. Right. And then the government uh. said, well, the only way we're going to let you do that is if you outlaw polygamy. So then the leader of the church, like literally the next day, is like, hey, everybody, got a call from the big guy. And, and they're like, George Washington? No, the other one. And, and we can't do the polygamy thing like, anymore. And then and like, half Boo! the people were like, that's the only reason we're here. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they all left. So so that's why they, you have really weird uh, – it's not even that weird. It was just part of the church. Um, it's weird. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, but uh, they have like colonies like in Mexico and they have yeah. colonies, yes. French well, colonies. Well, that's uh, in Mitt Arizona. Romney's family. Yes. Yeah, they Mitt, moved Mitt Romney's Mexico family is from like an armed compound in Mexico. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that until crazy. like a month ago. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's not like a common knowledge. Yeah. Like, no, like, I know. I would. Like, I, I, don't beat yourself up about it. I literally found out last week that you can't recycle peanut butter jars unless you rinse them. Yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a that's a real thing. <laughs> And I've done that, so I've told that joke. All right, so the joke, essentially, it's a new bit. It's, um, I, as as smart as I, the, the gist of it is, the, as smart as I think I am, I'm learning new stuff all the time, right? And one of those things is that I'm 31 years old, and I just found out that you have to rinse out peanut butter jars, like, before you recycle <laughs> them. Which means I've recycled 
thousands of peanut butter jars <laughs> with peanut butter inside, and they were not recycled. And they were not. They were just thrown in. And I've done that. So I've t- I've s- I've talked about this. It's not even really a joke yet. So it's I'm still figuring that part out. But I've done that at three different shows, and. I'd say each one of those shows had 50 to 60 people in it, and one of the people in that room knew that you had to do that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and so you don't think about it all. Like, there, there's actually, like, rules to recycling. But well, it's no, like, yeah, yeah, I guess it's just, like, the fallacy of, like, humans in general is that no matter how much we try to be good – you're fucking things up that you don't even know. Like you don't Constantly. you don't e- you don't even realize like yeah. what kind of impact that you're having or so that's why it's just better to not not it's better not to care a lot. I'm not saying like don't give a shit about anything cuz that's just a fucking stupid way to live life. Right. But don't just get so invested in certain things that like you don't know that much about. I used to get like really upset about a lot of things but that I had nothing to do with. Like a right. lot of social topics, like a lot of politically. I feel like the the social stuff. networks have like a lot of influence on that. Well, they force you to have something. an opinion. They yeah. force you to have an opinion about like it's a talking point, right? right? Yeah. And I would get really, really worked up about certain things, and then I remember talking to somebody one time, and it clicked for me, where they were like, "Well, I'm not willing to do anything about it, so I don't care." Yes. And right. That's, and that so and yes. that seemed at first I wanted to kind of attack that idea and be like, well, if you don't care, then how are things going to change? But then I started thinking about it more and I'm like, well, what is what is what I'm doing changing yeah. anything? Yeah. How are things going to change if how you don't actually complaining do about this and just yelling at people about yep. it, like actually making this any it's better? Not. Like I'm not running for office. I'm not going around the neighborhood getting right. people to sign a petition. What the fuck do I care? Like, I, I mean, I feel like you can. If There's you wanna, a lot of that going uh, around. If you want to have a positive impact on the people, if you want to have a positive impact on the world, I believe it happens in like small groups. So, like, what yeah. we're doing with stand up comedy, while it's also like very self indulgent, like, the idea of it yeah. is you're making a whole room full of like 100 people laugh and have a great night, you know, yeah. and hopefully yeah. that like permeates into their life in some way. So if you can just like influence people's life and make it a little better um, every day, like 10 people, 20 people, and You're then doing hopefully something. that permeates, that's yeah. way better than just bitching about something. Yeah, it sure is yeah. better than like you might, if you bitch online, more people might see it, but it sure as fuck isn't the impact of going out and actually doing a show for people. Well, if you want to do it, just do it. Like if you want to yeah. be about it, like be about then it. Be like, about don't, it, yeah. yeah, don't. Uh, that's why we have politicians, right? Like as as corrupt as that potential system is, right? In theory, I don't have the fucking time. I don't have time to to care about everything and then do something about it. Right. I want to live my own life. Like I'm fortunate enough that I was like born in the United States, like came up in a decent family, like didn't have as much to fucking deal with and I want to be able to give back like as much as I can. Like I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a comic. Uh, I try to help people in every walk of life that I can, but I'm not willing to just like devote my life to killing plastic. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not like <laughs> yeah. I, that's not my cause. Like right. I don't care. So does that make me a bad person because I don't want to drop like everything that I'm doing? Yeah, to, like, in order to save plastic, in order to save like, the yeah. fucking turtles. Right. You know what I mean? Like to pick up every straw in the ocean. Yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck turtles, right? I think it's essentially <laughs> what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. That's like bitching about the environment while smoking a pack of cigarettes. Right. Oh yeah. Like shut the fuck up. 
And there's a lot of that kind of shit that goes on. And yet you're exactly right, where it's like, well, if you're not willing to actually go out and do something, then, like, what are we doing here? You're not making anything better. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, like, this weird... You're just illu- making noise. It's this weird illusion that we have at, at this point. I think it's probably always existed, but it's... Uh, per- it's it's hy- prominent. It's it's yeah. It's hyphen now because of everybody has a voice, right? And you can yeah. Everybody, it's it's the same thing as uh, commiserating, right? Where people complain about things, and it's the there's camaraderie in complaining because it feels good to have people like agree with you. Well, people are tribal, and that's yes. part of it. Yeah, people. It feels nice to have people agree with what you have to say, but in reality. What you're saying is actually making everybody feel worse. Yeah, like it's the like the small dopamine hit that you're getting yeah. from the oh wow we all agree with each other and we can all bitch about the same thing right and without somebody telling us whether we're wrong mm-hmm. like that's it's like a, it's like a key bump you know what I mean yeah of like uh, it's, it's a <laughs> dopamine key bump of agreement <laughs> yes and, but in reality or affirmment but the full cycle of that conversation actually makes you feel worse. Because yeah. you're spending most of your con- you're spending most of your time bitching. just bitching about yeah. stuff, and it doesn't make you feel any better, right? No, and yeah, you're also not actually doing anything. No, it's quite. <laughs> it's, actually it's honestly, it's quite the illusion that your mind makes mm-hmm. just doing that. Like you can sit there and bitch all you want, but at the end of the day, when you bitch all the time, yeah, I see what you're saying. You're gonna make yourself feel worse because then your mind just always is. Right. Yeah, yourself, and I'm not and saying you that you have to. I'm not saying that you have to just pretend like things are hunky dory all the time. Right. But I yeah. do think there's a, like a lot to just keeping some shit to yourself, like yeah. you know, and just not like you don't have to vocalize every single thing that comes to your mind. It's easy to do that now because there's so many social media platforms to do that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. feel like you have a voice, but. Sometimes you just gotta like hold some stuff in and then talk to people like in a respectful and kind way. And yeah, there's there's gotta be channels for you to get that shit out. But overall, like if that's the majority of the conversation that you're having with people, it's like what kind of life are you like really living? Mm-hmm. The shitty one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. some people there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people who just love to be miserable, man. And oh it yeah, sucks. It's sad to watch, especially when you see that kind of friend. I don't know if you've if seen this, like friends from high school and stuff. And and when you see them later, they're just kind of like drowning in this negativity, where everything they do is a complaint or a bitch. And there's like there's a weird kind of like catharsis in that that people yeah. get off on it. One of the I, I'm not like a Buddhist per se, but like oh, so after <laughs> so after I introduce per se. Uh, all right. So after having religion jammed down my throat for the majority of my life, mm-hmm. uh, we had to go to church for eight hours a week. You know, like that's a full shift of God. A- like no, <laughs> no ten year old should nine really to five. have to do that. Yeah. And yeah, most people go to church for three hours a year. You know, it's right. like Christmas, Easter, and an unplanned pregnancy scare. <laughs> Those are the only time people go to church. Okay. So I was just very against it for a long time, and then. Later on in my life, I started just getting back in touch with some kind of a spirituality like within my just I think the human condition is just too fucking weird for it for there not to be something else. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not one of those people that's just like everything's meaningless and uh, we're just animals like everything else. Like, I just I just fucking I don't buy it. I don't I'm not saying that I have an answer to it or sure, that I have yeah. like this big rebuttal, but I'm just and like, you don't eh, have yeah, but you're not just negative as shit about it. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like nihilistic. There is like a gray area in between there. Yeah, yeah. I just think everything about what we're doing right now is 
fucking weird, man. Like we're <laughs> like we're recording a podcast. In we're talking into a bunch of metal. Yeah, yeah. and that talking metal into a bunch is... of metal that we're permeating out to like other people. Yeah. And we're in a tiny house that people built <laughs> in the middle of the mountains that you have roads that like lead to, and just there's a ski resort here that people have built. Yeah. Like fucking. Ch- All right, I'm going off on some yeah. kind of weird. Corey tangent. is on acid. <laughs> just by the way. Yeah, I do like acid. <laughs> uh, but my point is just uh, sorry. What I was what I was getting to is like so after I started getting back in touch with like my own spirituality, I. Um, I started gravitating more towards like Eastern philosophies, like uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, which is just it's hard to have a great opinion about um, religion unless you've studied everything. Right. And that's one of the weird things about like growing up anywhere. Right. Like you're a product of what was available. Yeah. Yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah. Definitely. So um, one of the tenets of Buddhism is that life is suffering. Right. And you can either just die with that fact or you can just say, well, this is just how it is and I'm still going to make it better. Like regardless, like if life is just suffering, like things are going to happen, like you're going to die. Like the second that you're born, you're going to die. Right. Right. So immediately it's suffering. Yes. So what are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing with that time? Are you just cowering in a corner and just waiting for it to be over? Yeah. 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 No matter what your situation is, no matter like. What point of like what whatever stature you came from, whatever bad place you came from, it's like, okay, yeah, like that sucks. What are you going to fucking do about it? Right. And I think that's like all all we've got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's um, that's probably a different way of looking at it than most people would. But it's all of that is true. And it's kind of like, what are you going to do with the time you got? And transitioning back into the steamboat comedy scene, that's kind of where we were at, like yeah. a year ago. That's why I think what you guys are doing here is fucking awesome. Like you've got a small town and you're running a great comedy right. scene here. Like that's great. I you're mean, like seriously, like got. we we did these open mics and they went well. And then like I I basically was like, I really enjoy this. I want to do this. I need to jump in with both feet immediately. Yeah, and that's pretty much where we. Yeah, I remember at. talking to you about this like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy, yeah. We uh, there uh, was a write up in the newspaper. Do you remember that? Which one? I don't fucking know. Whatever. Oh, how many when you newspaper- guys took a group photo. How many newspapers oh, yeah. are in Steamboat? Well, we've been one. <laughs> there's right. one. Right. 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 In the in the article, it said uh, you guys talked to a pro comedian or whatever, and I'm like, oh, that's me. And it also said this pro comedian said, you guys have a great idea, and this is going to definitely work out. And I didn't say that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. What he shit. really said was like, are you guys I fucking high? <laughs> Quit while like, you're behind. Yeah, you sure you want to go through this? <laughs> I love local journalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Where they were just like, "This is the news." That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been in the paper twice, actually. Ooh. Yeah, no big deal. We did when we first started out. Uh, Brittany coordinated like an interview with the paper in the first one. I think that's the one you're talking about. And then Kendra and I just got interviewed for the paper. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. In the middle the, of the summer. Before the butcher knife show. Yeah, before the butcher yeah. knife show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did a lot of press for that one. We did like a radio ad and shit. Mm-hmm. I actually recorded a radio ad here in the podcast it. studio. I then just emailed it to him. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that show you guys ran last night was rad. I just wish I, I wish I would have had more time. Like I yeah. want, I wanted to be able to do like twenty five minutes. 
it was it was great. I had a blast like while I was up there. Dude, I mean, it was such a great. That's why, crowd. like, when I checked in with you, I'm like, how much? Like, what do I got on time? It was just mostly because I'm like, fuck, like I got, like I want to do yeah. like, a bunch more shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wish we could have gone all night, man. But unfortunately, we were we were up against uh, a, band. a band. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that's like the eggs and pagans of like figuring out a venue too. Yeah. You know, like I said, if like you got some place that wants to support you, then that's the most important right. thing. Right. Yeah. And then figuring things out logistically like comes from that. Like next time around, I would love to do a Friday Saturday. Um, that's the way you're gonna get like more comedians to be yeah. able to come up here is if you can do a double booking. Yeah. And so that's more money, <laughs> right? That's and also a way that we can get more time, I think. As you were saying that, I was thinking because we we want to give a lot of people here, like locals, a platform. And so we tried to jam a bunch of people into one show. But if we do two nights, we can you know, have half as many people and they can do twice as There were as much so time. many right. people in that room last night. I would find it hard to believe that you wouldn't get at least like half of that for another night. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I mean, like that. I think that is the biggest, like bigger show we've had. Yeah. But even still, like yeah. other ones that have happened are still big crowds. Like, I mean, when we did, we did a show at the Chief this summer, and the Chief was sold out, and yeah. that so that seats at least a hundred or so people. And in the winter time, Good I mean, there's you. so many, there's so many rotating people here that like mm-hmm. you don't have to. Wor- I don't think you have to worry as much about like is the, is it a repeat crowd from right. like, last night or yeah, anything. like people are just looking for shit to do. You yeah. know what I mean? People Definitely. are literally just jumping on their phone after they're done skiing, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, what's going on in town tonight?" Well, right? Being right. S- yeah, being such a tourist-heavy place, I mean, you, you literally every three days have a new crowd of people in this town. Yeah, yeah, that might be the move. We might have to do. Well, the next show we got planned was uh, our one-year anniversary. Our first big show we did was the day before Valentine's Day uh-huh. last year, and we just booked another one for a day before Valentine's Day this year, which is a Thursday. But I'm thinking maybe we could do a Thursday and a Saturday. That'd be pretty cool. What day is Valentine's Day? It's a Friday. I never know. It's uh, I mean, the 14th, the 13th? I haven't had a Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I usually break up with them before Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, right? That's, yeah, d- that's save called the money. being financially <laughs> yeah. smart and prudent. Yeah, because yeah, Russell, Russell Stover's is expensive. <laughs> yeah, right? Eight ninety nine for chocolates? Jeez. Get out of here. Fuck that. I'll buy it when it's on sale the next day. And <laughs> yeah, right? Wait a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that it, uh, my girlfriend doesn't give a shit about tacky holidays. It saves me a lot of you money. You have a girlfriend? I do. I didn't see that coming. Oh. <laughs> 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 so looking around my room, like, are you fucking kidding me? Where do you hide her? Kyle here? told a story about losing his virginity earlier, and I didn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I said it was Wednesday. It was a great day. Right before the show. Fun filled, you know. <laughs> Really? Well, I had fun. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we laughed and we laughed. <laughs> <laughs> she laughed at me, too. Yeah. She saw my penis and we laughed. And we <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm hung like an Irishman, you know? I mean, it's good. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like everybody's like, you know, when you're, we're younger, you're supposed to care a lot about, like, the size of your dick, right? And... I think you just got to figure out other ways to step your game up. Like if you don't have, if, oh, you yeah. know, if you're not working with a lot, right? You got options. Takes a little more work. Yeah. But there's, op- yeah, there's opportunity there. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If you got a small dick, just throw it out there. Straight what? straight up. Like, like if out you of ta- your pants? No, no, no. If you're, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> that's how you go to jail. I mean, that's assault. Yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's <laughs> a <laughs> throw it out. If you just pull <laughs> your pants up boat, really man. high, it'll give you a knuckle. No. <laughs> no, if you uh, yeah, dude, the outlines. I'm fine. serious. If you're yeah. at a bar and you're trying to be funny but kind of serious, and just whip your dick out. No, no, no. Just be like, <laughs> just be like. By the way, I got a really small dick. 
And then the girl's kind of like, ah, like, I don't know if you're joking or if you're for real. So then when you pull out a small dick, they're not surprised. Right. I'm well, ne- I'm it, never going to do that. It's definitely uh, better dude, than it saying works. it's big and, you know. Yeah. What's the nice point in even saying, wh- why would you even say what size it is? Yeah, I would just be like. Hilarious. I remember, <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird thing for me to have thought about earlier, but I remember there was a kid. It, we, I was in Boy Scouts, and there was a, a kid that would always, like, pull his dick out, like, at summer camp and stuff. Like, just, yeah, inappropriate, just terrible. Was it Mormons? Everyone knows camp? that friend, for sure. Yeah, there was, like, when you're 12, like, there's a guy that just pulls his fucking dick out, like, all the time. I'm, we knew a kid like that when we were, yeah. like, 25. When I was, like, yeah. when I was 23? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his name is Jake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of the adults. Don't worry. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a child. It wasn't a scout leader or anything. But no. it would always, I mean. like, all right, so it would always send everybody into a fucking frenzy, right? And that fueled him, and he'd be like, ah! You know, he'd be like, ah, yeah, I'm the best, or I'm super funny, or whatever. And I just remember looking at him one time and just be like, that is the tiniest dick I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and he got real self-conscious. Oh, yeah. Very quickly, right? And he was just like, shut up, man. What, are you gay or something? I'm like, no, it's just like really small. Like, no, like, it's just, like, <laughs> it's just, I'm not gay. I'm like, observational. It's, it's weirdly small. <laughs> <laughs> and he never did that shit again. <laughs> He'll never stop him again. <laughs> oh, That's man. awesome. Yeah. Oh my God! Steamboat comedy. Steamboat comedy. Yeah, there was. Oh my oh, God! Dick. Tiny dicks. Di- yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite. Of tiny dicks. One of my favorite things I had in middle school. So we had our middle school principal, and his name he was Mr. Graves, and he. Well, we're getting there. <laughs> He's like he was this huge guy. He was weird and old. He was like six foot eight, probably. Yeah, but uh, two of my buddies, they were they went to the bathroom one time, and Mr. Graves was in there taking a piss. And they were on either side of him in the urinal. And apparently, Mr. Graves was pissing about a foot back from the urinal. And he had out what they both agreed on was a massive fucking hog. Uh, like, the biggest one they've ever seen. Really? And so that was, like, the the running joke for my entire middle school and high school career was Mr. Graves' giant dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I missed a crucial part of this story. Why was an adult's dick out, like, in front he of He was children? in the bathroom. Yeah, he was, he was like, taking a piss. Away from the urinal? He just... He's just one of those guys who probably thought... Like just launching it from Jupiter, just seeing how yeah. like, he can get an just arc. Like, Sometimes you, know? you try to no go for the challenge, just man. Just kind of like casually laying it out there. Just seeing if anybody's interested. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably, you know, he's probably got some some hubris, some penis hubris in there as well. <laughs> yeah. I've never had dick <laughs> dick big humorous. <laughs> I said that wrong and I just decided, <laughs> I decided to just like lean yeah. into it. Just go with it, dude. <laughs> Just do it, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty dick big. <laughs> <laughs> cock small. Cock small. <laughs> Me cock small. Yeah. So that show was Bunga great. Bunga. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do. Yeah. In and we're really glad you came up. Yeah. It was uh, last night. Was great. Uh, we had a great turnout again. Thanks everyone who came out. Uh, everyone did. How, how did you think it went, Jared? I thought it went great. I I think everyone did really well. Like there wasn't. I don't think, th- yeah, no one went up and didn't get laughs. And that was your uh, your first big show that you've done. Yeah, my first not open mic part. That's part of Steamboat Comedy. And you felt pretty yeah. good about it? Um, Yeah, I mean, it didn't exactly go the way I wanted it to. I felt like I just didn't deliver right. But, I mean, I think it still went good. Yeah, I thought I you think, did pretty well. Yeah, I, I mean, I need a lot of practice. But, yeah, no, I mean, I still thought it went awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, and the crowd was... Uh, 
in a great mood, was really receptive for everybody who came up to. Yeah, well, having the chairs was a big, yeah, yes. a big thing. It, just like you're saying, how we're all new. This whole town is basically new to the comedy scene. Yeah. And so there's been times where we're like going to a bar and we're like, hey, we want to do a comedy show. And they're like, cool, let's do it. And we're like, okay, well, do you got chairs? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, no, you gotta have chairs. But yeah, you can't have standing room. You can't just have people just mingling no. around in the yeah. front like a I've always pit. been very uncompromising about venues. All right, so there's a few elements that you need for a comedy show. You mm-hmm. need a tight room. You need, like, ideally, it's uh, low ceilings, fairly small. Uh, 60 to 70 people for, like, a small venue is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you want people to be on top of each other. Like, the more space the worse it is. Like, right. you want, like his laughter is very contagious, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need seats, and you need like a legit light sound, and if you have a stage, that's even better in a yeah. spotlight, right? Like, so you need those things. Having a stage great. is so much nicer than not having a stage. Yeah, it, it makes it professional. Like it very makes much it, so. it makes it a real deal. It's more of like a presentation. Well, I was gonna say, point, I think it gives know? you a little more control when you're yeah. on stage. Like I think, like and he's even on stage. An aspect he's... of professionalism too. I yes. Think. Yeah. Yeah. But the biggest thing when you the second you get on stage, you have to, it's your stage. Yeah. You have to own. You have to own that space. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and this it. The second you lose that, you lose the audience completely. Mm-hmm. And they might chuckle at whatever you're saying, but they're not going to belly over if they're not on board with like what you're doing and like what you're bringing to the table. Definitely. Yeah. But from like a space from like a space position, there's a chain of comedy clubs in the country. It's called like Funny Bone. Yeah, yeah. Like Funny Bone. Yeah. yeah. So the Funny Bone and the Improv are owned by the same people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have, like, a bunch of them, like, all over the country. And they're all the same, like, in the sense that, like, they're big rooms. They're, like, 350-person rooms. Oh, really? But they're all, like, very high ceilings, and they're mm. all tabled. So if you go to a place like Comedy Works, um, it's, like, kind of cafe- – uh, not cafeteria seating, but kind of, like, school. It's tight. Yeah. It's, a, it's more of, like, a, a university setting. Like, you're sitting in at a lecture, right? Where like yeah. Like that's auditor- auditorium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah that's it. So everybody's kind of, like, on top of each other. There's not a lot of space. So with the Funny Bones, like, um, they have the table service. That's how they make a decent amount of their money. And the shows are f- fucking great. Like, if you can fill those rooms, they're, they're fantastic. But mm-hmm. I've been in a situation before. This is one of the worst shows I've ever done, period. Uh, I drove through a blizzard to get to Syracuse, New York. I thought you were going to say the steamboat. <laughs> <laughs> that was very recent. Ago. Yeah, that was very recent, but not the worst show I've ever done. It's one of the best shows I've done in a while. So I lived in Saratoga Springs, New York. It's about two hours away from Syracuse, okay? Drove through a blizzard because I had a hosting opportunity at this club. Nice. And when you're getting going, like, you'll take... You, you got to take those, yeah. You just take whatever you can get. Sure. Mic, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I drive through this storm to get there. My friend's riding with me, and we get to this venue, and it's a 350-person venue, right? It's big, and it's high ceilings. Twelve people came. Oh, no. And they didn't cancel the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they also didn't seat anybody. So they let everybody just sit wherever they wanted to? Did they just Jesus. space out all weird? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. They spaced out <laughs> very strangely. Except for my mother and my friend, so my mom and my parents still live in Syracuse, and uh, my mom and my friend were sitting in the front row at this table, right? And it's so quiet that I can hear my mom 
from the stage go, that's not how that happened. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone in the crowd. That's can not hear true. That. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took every ounce of my being to not just be like, Mom, will you shut the hell up? <laughs> Mom, shut up. But. And like you know, in hindsight, that's one of those things where I'm like, I should have because yeah. it would have been really funny. It would have made it would have made the show like way better, you know. Because now I'm I'm just like, sometimes you know, eleven you start, other people would have really loved. Sometimes it. like okay, so when you're doing sh- certain shows, like if it's okay, so last night, it's a kind of a hybrid situation because it's not a straight comedy club, so and it's a little rowdier of a crowd. But if you're going to like Comedy Works or something, mm. uh, or the Improv or Funny Bone. Um, and it's a good sized crowd. Like you just go up and rip your material. Right. Just do the material, do the things that you've practiced on, keep it tight, keep it right, and just get going. Right. right. Uh, with certain shows, my line of logic is always if it's not a lot of people or they're disinterested, you got to break the barrier a riff little bit. Riff a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You got to riff a little bit and you got to talk, just talk to them. A lot of times, you fi- the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. But the, sure. you just, if you just ask people questions, like they'll just tee stuff up for you, like mm-hmm. all yeah. the time, right? And if your if your muscle memory is is good and practiced, like you can jump on that stuff like right. really quick, right? But it takes some audiences are about them. They don't care about you being up there like a movie screen. Right. Some, cr- some crowds want that. They're like, this, we're here for They're the like, show. They're like, give me a show. Yeah. You've worked on this thing. Like, we want to see it. Yeah. And then other crowds, like, usually if it's rowdy, a good rule of thumb is, like, if it's rowdier or if it's a smaller audience, don't worry about your material. Just kind of go with or Just talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Trust your funny bone, if you will. Trust your, in- trust your intuition. Trust your gut. Yeah. And just don't be afraid to rip them like a little bit. Yeah. But the rule of thumb that I was always taught was don't ever rip into an- anybody harder than they hit you. Okay. Yeah. So, like, don't just roast somebody. Keep a level. Right. Out of the, like, if don't you, just yeah, blast somebody. Don't just, yeah. Don't, don't tell somebody they're a fucking idiot. Like. Right. Without them prompting you first and don't go harder than they do and they went yeah, yeah because you're still the, it's still your stage and right. you still have 20 minutes to fill on this set right? right so if you turn everybody against you in like minute five it's like whoa then you're just gonna is, eat shit for 15 minutes we're digging ourselves yeah. out of this one yeah. Yeah. yeah like pretty hard damn no that's a good rule of thumb that's yeah. smart and we that's something i it's it's kind of hard because we mostly just do open mics here uh, I've been trying to get more crowd work in. It's it's just uh, not always easy. You can't it's make it. You here, can't force. You can't force it to happen. Yeah. No. It's one of the, like everybody wants to get better at crowd work because it's a cop out. Like everybody's so, okay. So here's when people get into comedy. Here's here's the two things you hear the most. Uh, when you're at an open mic and people say, "All right, well, before I leave, I'm going to tell you guys a story." And every time I say that, every time somebody says that, I go, <laughs> "I got to fucking <laughs> yeah. throw up in my fucking mouth." That's super tacky. Be- no, it's not even that. Okay, so it's it's I know what's coming. So what's coming is you had three minutes, and you're going to wait until you get the light to tell a three minute story, and you're going to wait. You're going to tell every detail of this story, which is the setup to a punchline that you have no idea if it's even going to work and you don't understand how a joke works. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to tell me a story that takes three minutes to tell in its entirety. It has no punctuations and the only punchline comes at 2.45. Right, yeah. So... It's all filler. 
Yeah. And you and a mic have the blinders on. Like, you can always tell with, like, newer comics, they don't see the light. Yeah. They don't see it. Like, they're they're blackout, you know? And then the, and I get, I get it. I'm not – it's going to happen. But yeah. you can just tell, like, they got this, like, glazed-over look in their eyes, and they're just saying – And there's, like, adrenaline going. They're not paying yeah. attention. This whole time, right? Yeah. So what I was – what I guess what I was trying to get at is um, people are really bad storytellers. <laughs> Generally, yeah. But – it's the reason everybody gets into comedy because yeah. somebody said you're really funny. Tell us Be- that story. Tell us yeah. the story yeah. or we, this group of everybody that has context knows all of the characters in the story. Yeah. We're hanging out at a dinner party or we're hanging out at the bar. So we like our time isn't fragile. Mm-hmm. So that's why everybody's like, oh, I'm going to be a storyteller. Yeah. And it's really fucking hard to tell stories like that smoking. So that story that I told last night about getting caught smoking weed, Uh that's taken me two years to write. Like with all of the punctuations and right. all the punchlines, yeah. to keeping it so that there's pe- it keeps interest as that you're story going lasts five it. minutes, yeah. and it still holds true to the like the principle of comedy writing where you need a reaction every thirty seconds. Right. So every thirty seconds in that story, I've got something, but it started from nothing. Right. So like you've got to be like really patient with some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks they're a storyteller, and everybody wants to do crowd work because yeah, you're just talking. Yeah. Right. Like uh, like you didn't have to do anything. You didn't, you didn't have, to have to work at this. Yeah. Right. You didn't have to craft a good joke. You didn't have to like rack your brain thinking of the smartest way to say this. And yeah, it's also I get it. kind of impressive too. Yeah. Yeah. But, if you can pull it off. But yeah. it's like, okay. So the thing with with crowd work stuff is like. Just dip your toe in a little bit every time you want to try to do it. Right. And then pull it back. Mm-hmm. Dip it in a little bit and then pull it back. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then the more you do that, the better you get at right. it. Right. Sure. But if you try to jump in too much too fast, now this isn't fun for anybody. Yeah. Right. And you're not good enough to make it good, to make it funny, and then also be able to pull it back into your set. Right. Like where you can like now move from here. You yeah. haven't lost any momentum and you can just like keep it going. Right. And you got your you've already worked on your set and your material enough where you can take yourself out of the comfort zone, dip into that crowd work and then be able to pull back and keep with the scheduled program. Yeah. Without it throwing you off. Because you have to be comfortable with crowd work not fucking working. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it's just like it just doesn't it doesn't fucking work. And yeah, it can't and it can't time. and it can't shake you. It's just like, you know, as soon as you sense this whole thing is intuition. Right. Like, everything about what we're doing is intuition. It's not being delusional to yourself about how good a joke is working. Like if it's not fucking working, it's not working. Like right. don't You can't don't, force it. Don't de- delusion like disillusion yourself. To say that, like, no, this is great. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, no, it's fucking not. This is great. Well, no one laughed. Well, it's still great. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what some people hear yeah. sometimes when yeah, they're like, oh, when they're like on stage, when they're like, oh, I killed it. I'm like, what the fuck it's are like, you talking about? <laughs> killed what? <laughs> yeah. But, and there's nothing wrong with not doing well. Like, this is, this is, that's this, part of getting better. That's part, totally part of getting yeah. better. Like, you're but, not, like, you're not going to do well. Yeah. Like, there's, a, like, but, there's, that's the thing that's about ex- comedy yeah. is, like, you're not going to fucking do You're not going to do Have well. That expectation going into yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. yes. But you so, also don't want to fuck a dead horse, as yeah. the analogy goes. 
As in, as in, if you're not doing well, don't just keep doing the yes. same thing over and over fucking again. Steamboat hillbilly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Up here, we fucking made horses. Hey. Fucking horses. Uh, yeah, well, just don't, sorry. So don't delusion yourself in the sense that, like, okay, things are going better than it is. And don't lie to yourself about how good you are at certain things. It's just, like, be willing to get better. Like, right. be willing to yeah. work and on And be willing it. to take criticism, I think, is a big one. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of hubris, a lot of ego that goes into some of this stuff. There too. is, but the way criticism works is, like, be open to it. Mm-hmm. Be willing to like accept it, but it's still up to you to take it or not. That's true. You yeah. can also there's a lot of people, especially with comedy, who will give you criticism and it's fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like there's I mean, there's some random people who are like, Oh, I saw like your show the other night and it went well and I was like, Thanks. They're like, you know what you should do? You should do uh, this. And it's like, yeah. dude, fucking I started writing a notepad of uh and it's titled Things You Should Put in Your Skit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's all stuff that people are like, hey, you can use that in your skit. Uh, and it's not a very long list right now because I started, I thought to start keeping a to list of it, it yeah. like recently. <laughs> That's and, awesome. But eventually I want to get it to a point where like this is all the fucking stuff that people at some point in time have said. I like, said, yeah. You can use that. I'm like, oh, I'll never use yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told it, it was just an open mic with a one time a friend of ours. She was just like, you know what, Kyle? Like, like, I know you do comedy now. I just had this idea. She was like, uh, so I, I was thinking, idea. like, uh, that, like, Vladimir Putin and also, like, Poutine. Maybe you could, like, you know. Man, hopefully she's super hot because that's the dumbest shit. Well. <laughs> Wait, did you say a friend of ours? Yeah. Melt the name to me. Hitler? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's a good impression. Yeah, right? It sounds like a right. <laughs> I love her, but I was also I was just kind of looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, I'll I'll totally do that for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. fine. I mean, I don't mind people trying to be friendly. Like the the girl we were talking to at the bar. There's nothing wrong with people being friendly. Yeah. And th- all right. So the reason comedy is a different medium than other art forms is that everybody at some point in time in their life has been funny. Yes. I have never in my life been a good painter. <laughs> yeah. I've never. I've been, never played piano successfully. I've played yeah. guitar. Not great <laughs> at it. I would never give anybody advice on playing guitar. Right. right. Yeah. But with comedy. Everybody's been funny. Everyone has so made a joke. Feel like they can contribute, and part of you wants to like hate it, but then the other part of me is like, at least they care, right? Like they're yeah. here as long as they like had fun. That's all I care about. Like one of the women in the crowd last night, there was an older woman that was like stage left uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the row. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. She's one of those people in an audience that, like, I don't really care how much fun everybody else is having. Like, I'm watching her for, like, the first five minutes of my set. Yeah. Because I'm like, if she's having fun, then everybody's having fun. Yeah. Like, I need to figure out how to make this fun for her. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, she seemed like she was laughing. She wasn't being a total, like, wart or anything. You know, she She was into it. Yeah. A total war. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, she was the one, the girl next to her, the one time, I don't know if you saw this, I jumped off stage. And oh, I you almost her, smoked her. I landed on her foot. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah <laughs> fucking tiny piece of shit. <laughs> I, I just, I think I just caught like the You're like the a front rubber. flying squirrel. That's exactly right, baby. Yeah. Fucking kamikaze. Yeah, but I, I, I landed on like her kamikaze. and she was- Kamikaze. Hey. You were trying to fucking, you were trying to fuck anything last Dude. night. Dude. I know you have a girlfriend, but you tried making out with me. You tried making out with Whoops. tons of other Whoops. dudes. And probably, uh, who knows, anybody that was around. I was a little bit on the sauce last night. I just want to point out <laughs> how drunk you were. 
we walk out of the bar, oh boy. and you're like 20 feet behind Dylan and I, and I get into my old shitty 93 Forerunner, <laughs> and then you try to get into the 2018 blue Forerunner next to mine, and we had to roll down the window and go, Kyle, wrong car. Well, it is a nicer car, so. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I was exactly. trying to do that's you what, a favor. I was like, saying. no, I wouldn't be in it. I would not be the in dude, that thing. The dude just needed a ride home. It didn't yeah. matter <laughs> who gave Somebody it to him. Somebody drive it. Yeah. I don't remember home. any of that. I'll take oh a heated seat. Oh, my God, dude. I'll take a heated it seat. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm a celebrity here. Somebody yeah. take me. So, Corey, since we have you here as a, as a fine comedy resource, you got a little more experience than the average uh, steamboat comedian. So... Want to see uh, uh, what your process is? What's uh, what is your technique, or if you have any pointers, like how you write, how you come up with material, how you like your mindset when you go to perform, things like that. Uh, that's a lot of things. Give it all of them in one <laughs> answer. Yes, yeah, as quick as you can. Yeah, <laughs> and thirty <laughs> seconds or less. Go. And you can just tell us about all of those things. Uh, so one of the things that I had talked about. Uh, doing the other night was like the next time I come to town, I'd really like to do a writer's workshop with everybody that's local. Oh yeah. Uh, and essentially what that means is that like I'm, a c- okay, so I'm a working comedian, and, but I'm trying to get better all the time, and I'm not as good as a, a lot of other people. Sure, that you can are, always that, get better. You know? That exist in the industry, right? Um, I have been fortunate enough to be mentored and be taught by very reputable people that just basically tried to help me just do the r- things the right way. Sure. Um, so what I'd like to be able to do is just take that information that other like people with great credits like have taught me mm-hmm. um, and just disseminate that to like local population, local people that are interested. Sure. Um, just because I think it helps. Like, um, So a lot of what you guys are doing right now is – Everybody that's just starting to do comedy should think of their whole act as preparing for a late night set. Okay, so our generation's different because we're growing up in a Netflix era where there's a billion comedy specials. um, Everybody's got a half hour. Right. Like that sort of thing. Before us, the... Big ticket was late night. Yep. Mm-hmm. Getting a five-minute spot on Johnny Carson. Carson. Right. Or so everything that every comedian had worked at for years was boiled down to a five-minute set. Mm-hmm. So you're type five, right? No matter what show you're doing, when you're first starting out, you're likely going to get showcase spots, and those are five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you're doing a pro show, which is mostly what clubs do, A pro show is a host spot, a feature spot, and a headliner, okay? Mm -hmm. Time breakdown is usually 10 to 15 minutes for the host, um, 20 to 25 for the feature, and then 40 to an hour for the headliner, okay? Right. So if you think you've got 20 minutes and you're ready to feature in, like, your first two years of comedy, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) <laughs> like you're dumb. Like yeah. it's just like you're again going back to that whole. Overconfident. Yeah. You're just being. Yeah. No, you're just being delusional. Right. Like you're, yeah. I mean, you're just like it's not. And there's nothing wrong with not having 20 minutes. Like sure. it's really, it's really hard to tell like jokes for 20 minutes. Yeah, that, yeah. it's a lot that, of time to be standing up. That there, kill like 
everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not talking about, like, yeah, this just plays to, like, your local scene or whatever. It's like, to have 20 to 25 minutes of road-tested material yeah. is difficult. Sure. And nobody should feel bad about not having yeah, it. Yeah, of course You know not. what I mean? Like, right. yeah, you just work towards that. Okay. So for your first couple years of comedy, you're only going to be doing showcases, and you're only going to be doing host spots. Okay? So get good at hosting. And then prepare for the tightest five to seven minutes that you can do. Mm-hmm. So I so I grew up on the East Coast, and that's um, the Philly, Boston, and New York way of doing comedy was that old school getting ready for the late night yep. special kind of thing. Yep. So it's all about do your set, listen to it, so record every set that you do. Every place that you don't hear a laugh, get rid of it. Dang. Yeah, uh, just okay. like even even in the setup, like even in all the setup that you think is important right. and that you think needs to be there. That's like um, really making it as tight as possible. So write yeah. it, yeah. So yeah. write out the whole set, write out the entire set, and then listen back to it. Mm-hmm. And literally with a pen on the paper, as you are listening to it, just start to cross words out that you're not getting any laughs at, and then as soon as you do, highlight it. Highlight mm. the punch, highlight the punchlines, um, and then break everything down to what's the least amount of setup that I can do to get to that punchline. Because the a, a problem with people, this isn't even just comics, it's everybody. <laughs> we think every detail of our life is very important. Right. It's a human. It's just a human thing. It is. It's an. It's a very normal thing. So when you're telling a joke, you think that every single part of the story or the setup is like really important. But the important thing as a comic is to just get there faster because a timing thing happens. Right. A pacing, like where people start to get like every fifteen to thirty seconds is what you should be shooting for for a reaction for a punchline. Right. And if you're not at that point, then do you just you got to get better? Like that's the that's the benchmark essentially. Yeah. So like my joke, uh, my opener is I look like if a corgi became a real boy. Like <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, that's a good one. It's one joke. Yeah. It didn't take me talking about corgis for five minutes, right? Or talking about looking like other things, right? Or whatever, or yourself, right? yeah. or just anything. Yeah, yeah it was the shortest version of this joke. I mean, did okay. that start out as something longer that you no. whittled down? No, that one didn't. But that's why uh, certain jokes do. Like, and if you if you have a bit and you got a premise that you're working on, like I'm doing this gender reveal party bit, like mm-hmm. right now, right? And yep. I right now it takes like three minutes to do, but it's not that uncommon for the, it to become 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where you think, because this is the way you wrote it the first time, that nope, this is a three minute bit. Yeah. It's like it's not. Right. It's 30 seconds. It's like, it's, it's, and you could build like, so the best way to go about doing things is like write it out long form. Say it out long form, record it, and then listen to where the beats are. Listen to where like people are actually giving a, a reaction. Right. Mm. Cut out all the fat. Make it as short as possible, and then build it back out slowly. 
So it's so it started as three minutes. Right. Then it became thirty seconds. But then the more you work on it, like over time, now it becomes forty seconds. Right. Now it becomes fifty seconds. You start by condensing down the funny, and then you can add more funny on. Yeah, because yeah. usually, like a joke, okay. a joke about the same premise takes ten seconds to tell. Mm-hmm. Right. But that made that joke, especially if you've already got them laughing on that premise. Right. Yes. You've already got them bought in. Yeah. So one of the <laughs> one of my detriments and also benefits of the comedy club that I was uh, that I started at is this place, ironically enough, called the Comedy Works uh, in Saratoga Springs. Not the same one. <laughs> <laughs> is it owned uh, by the same people or completely, no, 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 that's completely funny. different? So I was auditioning there. I'd been doing like open mics for like a year and getting booked on like local shows or whatever. And yeah. I was like, I want to work here. You know, I want to be able to like host and you know whatever. And I wasn't necessarily ready, but I was ready enough. Like I was, re- I was ready enough for the type of talent like they were bringing in, and also like for a local comedy club, you've got to nurture local talent. Otherwise, it's not going to get better. Right. Right. Um, so he was like, okay, I want to come and I'll, I'll come into the, like the next open mic or whatever. And I'll see you do a set. And I did my set and it, it went well. Like I had like a four to five minute set. It went, okay, it went well with the material that I had at the time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not stuff that I would sure. do now. Uh, but his note afterward, which was a shitty note for somebody that's auditioning in a five minute spot and that's new at comedy. But it's said one kill yourself. Yes. <laughs> and I wish I would have taken him on. <laughs> Think of where you'd be now. In the ground. Yes. Uh, <laughs> very specifically. Um, his his thing was, oh, yeah, you jumped around from topic to topic too much. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I only had five minutes. These are like the best jokes that I'm doing. And I th- again, I thought that was a shitty note th- to give somebody that's like not a seasoned comic. Yeah, if you're just starting out, yeah, I can see that kind of right, not so being the best. So, so there's two things here. He's not wrong, sure. Um, because I think the way you become a better comedian is you just write a lot of things about the same thing, right? And then that becomes a what's called a chunk, right? So now okay. you have a chunk of material yeah. that's about this like same thing, okay? Right. Um. And it has, in turn, made me a better comic because now I'm writing more stuff about things that are actually going on in my life without having to jump around as much. Right. Like, if you followed my set at all last like, night... You See, I was too distracted by that drunk asshole. Yeah, that, guy's fuck, God, that guy fucking that sucked. Guy. But my, my, <laughs> my set at this point, it, like, it follows a pretty clear narrative, you know, of like who I am like as a person. But that bec- that came out of like, I don't have enough material about this one thing. So I got really disciplined about like, I need to have five minutes of material about this one thing, about this one premise, about this one idea. Right on. Yeah. So I think the less jumping around you have to do, the better. Um, and then... Let's just say, okay, so you've got jokes, bits, and chunks, okay? These are like the, br- it's the breakdown of like joke structure. Mm-hmm. A joke is real quick. So it can be about anything. Like a one-liner type thing? Yeah, and then a bit is usually made out of multiple jokes. So it like like a story a, type so thing. Even, yeah, it can even be shorter than that. Like okay. you could have a joke at the front and then another joke on the back end that's like a bit, right? Okay. It's like a longer thing. Sure. But it takes like, could take 30, to, 30 seconds to two minutes, right? Uh, and then... A chunk is 
a bunch of bits that have to do with the same thing. Okay. Okay. So if you have three chunks about X, Y, and Z, and each one takes about five minutes, it's 15 minutes of material, right? Right. So what that means is you've actually got 10 minutes of material because if one of those chunks isn't working, you can default to the one that you didn't plan on doing and start doing that material. Mm. So like as opposed to a story, which we've already said is very hard. Right. If I'm in the middle of a five minute story, I got to finish that story. Like you can't just bail out of a story. Right, no. So when you're doing when you tell jokes in a chunk structure, it's five bits make this chunk. But at any point in time I can pull the ripcord on this chunk and move to the next one. Because I'm not tied to anything. Yeah. It's like as soon as this stops working, you can just get rid of okay, okay, they're just not digging this. Right. You know, so like yeah. the, so then you go. So that's why when you have fifteen minutes of material you really have 10 minutes because if you're asked to do a 10 minute spot, like you have room to kill because right. you can deviate from the plan. Yeah. It's like so 15 you, minutes worth that you can, that you can whittle down. To so that. if you have, if you get a 15 minute spot and all you have is 15 minutes, like you're just hoping that everything, everything goes as planned. Yeah. Everything works yeah. out. You're just hoping that everything works with this audience and that you don't right. have to deviate from the plan at all. But the difference between a pro and somebody that's like just doesn't know what they're doing is essentially like the time that you have isn't the total amount of material. Right. It's the you want to have backup material. Is yes. Yeah. Saying. You want to yeah. be able to like because a real like artist can deviate from the plan. Like yeah. you can sense what's going on in the room. You can perceive like how things are going. Mm -hmm. And the more reps you get, the more on stage you get, like the more comfortable you feel with all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, so with me and my joke writing structure, I, re I usually write things out long form. I usually try to, as soon as I get a nugget of something that people are starting to enjoy, like this gender reveal party thing that I'm working on, mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll write about that for like a month. Like, sure. and just do gender, gender jokes, party jokes, cake jokes, like okay. everything about... What goes Every into Every element thing. you could have. So a gender reveal party is like my brother and my sister-in-law had a gender reveal party like two months ago, right? So what goes into And they into found that? out they were both dudes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, which was also like what we talked about before where like, uh, and that's where I kind of want the joke to go, uh, is what if we just let cakes start deciding like every yeah. part of our life? <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a cake reveal. Yeah, which is yeah. ridiculous, right? Okay, so you take something like that and just write out your first like initial uh, interpretation of the thing, like whatever you feel about it, like whatever you think about it, your thoughts, like whatever. I'm a pretty dialogue heavy person uh, in terms of like my writing process, sure. so I like to have dialogue with characters that aren't there and For like, sure. in, in, whatever, in yeah. um, an act out kind of thing. Uh, so you write jokes about like my interaction with my brother and how that all went down, but then start breaking down like, okay, so what is it? So we're talking about gender. We're talking about a party. What goes into the party? We're inviting people over. Right. Who are we inviting over? Is it friends? Is it family? Can we write jokes about those people? Right. What's the reveal? Like, so there's, 
Is it a cake? Like other people have done fireworks. Is yeah. it so? Can I write jokes about fireworks? Can I write jokes about cakes? Can I write jokes about anything? Okay, so you write jokes about all this stuff, and then this stuff becomes the story. So all of these little fragments, like a joke about this, a joke about that, a joke about this, a joke about that, like they all become the thing that all becomes like this one big piece. Right. So that's like my smoking weed story. I opened it up with, does everybody here know what a spoof is? Yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah, that's what they call black guys in Boston. I think that's a spoof. That's a spoof. Oh, close. Close enough. Go on. Yeah, race isn't a thing. When I, whenever I can throw in uh, how Boston is racist, it makes me funny. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Am I talking too much, by the no, way? No, you're, you're good. Fuck. No, you're killing it. Keep it going. Yeah, no. Um, it's like blowing my mind. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the smoking weed thing. Um, I'll tell the short version of the story, and then we can build it out like from there. Mm. Uh, I got caught smoking weed when I was like 16 in my house, right? Uh, it's a bunch of friends of mine and I smoking weed in the basement. Uh, my parents came home early. They freaked out. They called the cops like to their house. Right. And the cops came over. My friends ran away and blah, blah. It was like a really, it was a heavy night. Right. Like it was Mm. just like, I've had some nights like that. Yeah. A lot of yelling, (laughs) a lot of anger. Again, I was raised Mormon, very conservative. Parents don't don't get this kind of stuff. Like kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, okay. So that's the story. You see how long that took to tell? Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so when I do that on stage, it's five minutes, you know? So Right. Um, because I started out by saying, does everybody know what a spoof is? And a spoof is like an empty paper towel doily that you stuff with dryer sheets, and it's like a little tool that people use to smoke weed. We, we called that a zoot tube when I was Yeah, and everybody has a different name <laughs> for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a camaraderie building thing. So, sure. I, so I always say, like, you probably know what it is. This is like, okay, so this is another part of, like, comedy that um, once you get better at, like, it just it gets easier. I always say certain things, even though it doesn't seem like it's something that I'm planning. So I always ask, like, so does everybody kind of know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of bring people in. Yeah. So yeah. like, you probably have a different name for it, but you just don't know it. So I'll explain it and then I'll tell you. Right. right? So it's just like very like conversational yeah. sort of thing. So then I explained to everybody what spoof is, and but that that's not the story. I'm just making a joke about a spoof. I'm making yeah. a joke about like the fucking thing you blow into when you smoke weed. Yeah. Right. That has nothing to do with the story, but it's a joke about the, an object yeah. in the story mm-hmm. that adds 30 seconds, like 40 seconds, like to the story that people really like. And then I say this. I say the thing about. Uh, so after a show, somebody said in Kentucky, we call those don't tell mamas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And I was like, that's the most redneck shit I have ever heard in my entire life. Don't tell mama sounds like a game of spin the bottle with your cousins is exactly what. And people love that. Right. So, but but that came from writing a joke about a spoof that had nothing to do with the story. So now I'm like, so you tell the story and then you start analyzing every part of the story and figuring out what you can tell a joke about. Can you make a joke about your friends? Can you make a joke about hanging out in the basement? Can you make a joke about smoking out of a bong? Can you make a joke about whatever? So every single joke takes 10 to 15 seconds and it fills out a story. Right. And you build it like it one piece at a time. Yeah. 
find the funny spot. It's a slow yeah. build. Yeah. So as soon, if you have a bit that takes, if you're new to comedy and you have a bit that takes two minutes, get fucking rid of it, uh, or just just cut it, just get just cut it down. Yeah. yeah. Like you, it's not as funny as you think it is. Right. Like, and that's fine. But just like the sooner you stop pretending that it's great, like the better you're gonna get. Definitely. Being able to be like humble, or at least like understanding that everything you write down isn't fucking gold and so if it's you, garbage well, yeah most of what you write is garbage and then being able to a terrible fucking shit like, oh yeah I, yeah it's awful. i got two notebooks full i think it's, i think it's <laughs> going back to saying like what you're saying earlier about taking criticism like you have to be able to take criticism basically. yeah like but you also i think it, yeah you have to be able to criticize yourself too yeah and you also need to understand like just because i wrote something and i thought it was funny doesn't mean it's it funny. doesn't necessarily mean it happens it's all funny. the time. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, and that's okay. And you know yeah. what the best criticism is? A quiet audience. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter what anybody's, and this is where I kind of land on what's allowed to be funny and what's not allowed to be funny. I'm a pretty open person about like you can joke about whatever the fuck you yeah. want. I mean, we, still, we are all pretty much the same way. It is, yeah. but but it has to be funny. It is still your responsibility to make it funny. Yes. yes. So that's also what I would say to newer comics um, is that we're at this like weird intersection of like where you feel like you have to have a big opinion about like very polarizing topics, but mm. comedy is becoming more acceptable. So like you feel like that's the platform to you for you to express how you feel about it uh fucking don't like just like, <laughs> how about how about don't do that uh because yes. yeah i agree because there's a there's, lot of preach comedy going on right now yeah which, which is what that whole like nanette thing did which was like so i don't know if you see like it's like that it's a one-man show that got masqueraded as stand-up comedy about a woman's experience um in the world you know just like yeah, about okay. just like having like having to deal with men and having to deal with like sexual assault and having to deal with um, being oppressed and like and all this stuff yeah. and it, it was very funny. It was a great message. No, no, it was it was it was awesome. Like in the sense of like it's a one man show. Like it's a theat it's a theater thing. Yeah, or uh, one woman. But it know. was broadcast as is comedy. Okay, like it was like it was pitched as like stand up, and it's like no, this isn't fucking stand up. Yeah, right. So. In that Sounds world, more like a PSA than stand up. Yeah, and I mean, there's great one, there's great one person shows. I love them. Sure. But like, yeah. I knew that going into that. Like, I knew that's what this was. Right. right? It's not masqueraded as something else. Uh, so my thing about doing polarizing topics is that, have you ever considered that you're not qualified to talk about this? Oh. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, like I just don't know a lot of things, right? So I don't really. And there's I nothing wrong with that. I don't want to joke about something that I just don't know a lot about, right? Yeah. right? And another thing with uh, with younger comics is like, you have to understand that your time is very precious, and it's very. This isn't a right, you know. It's not a right for you to be able to get on stage. It's a privilege. Yeah. So you have to own that time and be respectful of everybody. Like you have to be respectful of the show. Yeah. Like so, if you go up for a five-minute set and just talk about a bunch of bullshit that divides the room, and now the rest of the crowd is lost and they aren't interested in being there. Yeah. What the fuck were you? What What did you do? <laughs> yeah. What did you do? <laughs> like what? Did, wait, what did? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like why did you do that? Like you have a responsibility to make this show better. Yeah. Like you're nobody. 
Right. I'm nobody. Like sure. I, I, I am fucking. I am no person, right? Like I am not. I, I'm not a nationally touring comic. Like I'm, I'm doing okay. It's not like great yeah. or right. whatever. But like I have a responsibility to take care of this show. Yeah. Especially yeah. like so. Once this you, is still a performance that people are trying to go and once you once you build a name for yourself and you're and you are the reason people are right. coming yeah. to the show. Like, like people you're are putting, buying tickets to Corey David. Then they Corey want and my David brand. Can do what exactly? Yeah. What he wants, and that's all that matters. They want your brand. They yes. want. They're going yes. to your show. Exactly. But if nobody's fucking coming for you, then you have a responsibility to just be funny. Yeah. yeah. Like just be yeah. fucking funny. Very like you've got so. five minutes, and even putting together a really tight five is hard. Like yeah. don't be delusioned oh, into yeah. thinking that like it's not fucking difficult. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So just work on. Just drill that five minutes. Make it as funny as possible. Like if you're gonna touch on stuff that's like polarizing, then just be responsible about it and accept the consequences of like you fucked up yep. and you ruined the room for everybody else. <laughs> or just don't lie to yourself and say that it was funny when it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. And you know, it's. I feel like some people we're in a weird situation because most people you talk to who are comics, they. Like, the first time they go up, they, like, eat shit, basically, at some open mic somewhere at, like, midnight. The first open mic most people do is great, because it's every funny thought you've, like, Everything ever you ever had. put, yeah. No, yeah. That's the second point. one's usually terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like the, second, the second one is usually the worst one. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, fuck, I'm pretty good at this, and now I'm going to write some new shit. Yeah. And then yeah. you're Coming like, oh, the new shit is terrible. <laughs> like, the yeah. new shit is not great. Yeah. Well, we also in this place, and it's great, and it's not anything I should complain about because it's it's fantastic. We have a uh, everyone who comes out to our open mics is so supportive. Everyone's very receptive. Yeah. It's like like we have Which a we like every normal. time we do comedy here, it's a room full of people who are like rooting for us to do well. Yeah, and there's been times where we what, go is it to like other the Special Olympics. Exactly, yeah. like, exactly. I <laughs> wear no. a bunch of retard yeah, and are, feathers up there. We, yeah. Callback. We're the Paralympics of, com- of comedy. Yeah, no shit. Uh, but we. I mean, there's been times where we'll go out of town and we'll go to an open mic in Denver, or we did one, and and, and there's we fucking there's we eat shit. Yeah, and it's because people here have an inflated ego about how good they are because they've killed it at the six open mics they've done with a room full of people who want them to do well. And it's like what you were saying before: the best thing to judge whether someone's funny or not, whether your material is not, is a quiet room. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a lot of people here who haven't had quiet rooms, and so well, that's like it. I kind of, I've looked back on the Boulder uh, open yeah. mic we did, and we had a gran- rough night at Boulder. Granted, <laughs> no, granted that was it was super rough. It really was, and it was because it was a room full of other people doing comedy. It wasn't. It was all. The, it well, was yeah, that's a real thing. Too. Exactly. We were talking about that earlier. And that's, like, there's that's a whole. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that goes into this that people don't understand. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like, and a part of that is like sometimes you're gonna go to mics that are full of comics that don't give a fuck about you or, or who exactly. you are. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, like, they've. But this is like their eighth open mic this week. Yeah, like they don't give a shit. Yeah, right. that but was, for that somebody that's like, if this is your yeah. first open mic experience, I can understand. How that wouldn't be great. Like yeah. somebody actually, uh, one of the guys that was on the show yesterday, he was talking to me. He's like, I went to a Denver mic and 
it just wasn't awesome, you know, like I didn't feel like I was respected or uh, I went up really late even though I signed up early. And I'm not talking shit. I just what I tried to tell him was that like maybe you just went to a mic that like, yeah, that's the thing. Like there are other yeah. mics. Like if you got a hold of me and asked me like what mics to go to where there's going to be like an yeah. audience and yeah. it's like more kind of like a show. Yeah, I'll tell you where those are. Yeah. yeah. But there's. 20 to 30 open mics in the week like in denver right and most people are just they're just going they, they, yeah. like regardless of like how the crowd is regardless yeah. of how right. the audience it's is. just about doing it it's about doing the reps it's about like yeah it's right. about saying the bits out loud it's about getting some kind of reaction yeah whatever. Yeah. yeah and that was us in boulder we went to this open mic and i i don't i don't think well i guess i don't really know the boulder comedy scene but we went up there I went 28th out of 28 people. Yeah. And the audience was exactly 28 people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was literally everyone just looking at their phones to do right. their material. Yeah. And by the time I got up, I was like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Like, this is, I, I was kind of a salty bitch about it, but I was like, I was reciting people's jokes from, I was like, oh, you might have heard that three hours ago when this guy went up. But we, yeah, we were there for four hours. Well, yeah, I could see how you would eat shit doing that. Yeah, yeah so I could see, yeah. yeah. I guess I mean, it was tough. And it was the first time we experienced that. No, I know, that, but that's though. like, that's the reality of this business. Is yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody fucking, nobody owes you anything. Exactly. Well, so, like, nobody, yeah. Like, so that's my point with this whole story is I started looking at it again because I think, I think we were big fucking assholes about it, to be honest. We were. Like, Yes. I'm just like, oh, we're just jaded assholes and we had a fucking ego because exactly what you said. We've yep. done a couple a couple of open mics in a no-name place yep. and we got good reactions. Then we went to a place and got no reaction. And, and we, we thought got, that they sucked. Yeah, we were like, yeah, fuck no. you guys. Now, we were giant assholes about which, it. And I'm very happy we did not release that podcast now. Uh, yeah, we recorded we a podcast about, about it. Yeah. About it. And yeah. We would, and it I'm so happy we didn't do that because we would have looked like the biggest the assholes biggest in assholes. the world. And this we is mostly... Yeah. This is mostly shit. Like, yeah. everything about this business yeah. is mostly, mostly terrible. Shit. Yeah. Like, it's mostly terrible. But and the thing is... we had to learn through experience. Right. But, right. like, the highs are so high. Fuck it. You know, like, yeah. the, the high of having a sold-out room where everybody's just vibing on, like, oh, yeah. what you're saying is... It's like as last good, night, man. It's like, as good as, as a drug. It it's as good as any drug yeah. you could ever possibly yeah. find, right? And yeah. that's hard to find, right? But it doesn't come without the other parts. It doesn't come without like the just suffering. Life is suffering. Yeah. It doesn't come. It doesn't come from um, everything's going great, right? You know, no. It comes from like you have to stick it out. Yep. Yeah, big time. Yeah. It's those those who stick around. Are the ones who make it. Like, yeah, and yes. some people just suck. You know, some people just aren't funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> Seriously, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, but, but also, that is not an unfactual thing. I mean, I, I think it's more about, it's not so much about if you're funny, it's if you're about putting in the work. I think that's what it kind of comes down to. Yeah. Because you can be funny and not put in the work, and you're not going to, you're not going to actually go anywhere. Like, you got to yeah. do it. You got to get dirty. Like we were saying, you gotta you gotta get the highs and the lows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for everybody that's like just starting out and is working the scene here, like think of your set minute by minute, um, second by second. Like, uh, how many changes are you making throughout your set? Like, how many bit changes are you making? Like, where you have to the audience now has to turn their attention to something else um, that wasn't what you were talking about before, right? right? So it's a deviation of attention. Uh, you should always shoot for thirty seconds. But it's hard to do. 
So I, I usually shoot in 30 seconds. You try, you try to, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Steamboat comedy. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, pre cum jokes here. Steamboat comedy. Crusty underpants. <laughs> Uh, shoot for 30 seconds is the, is the barometer, right? It's hard to do, but it's the goal, right? Mm. Shoot for every 30 seconds. Mm. Sometimes, and then once you get like, great, it's 15, like whatever. Um, try to write as many jokes about one thing as you possibly can. And what that means is usually eating it for a while until Mm -hmm. like, it's literally telling 20 jokes about a thing and then finding one that works and it adds 10 seconds to your set. Yeah. Right. So, um, just drill down your five minutes. Make it the best five minutes that you can, and then just slowly start to build it out from there. And just throw shit against the wall. You know, just throw s- just any idea. You know, you never really know what people are gonna find. To oh be yeah, funny. yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's been bits where I wrote, I wrote out like a like a set and parts that I didn't think were gonna be the funny parts, the ones that end up working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you say something, you kind of like naturally like act it out weird, and like, oh, actually that was kind of funny, or yeah. vice versa. You'd say something you think is a punchline, and it gets. Uh, I say I tell a joke about um, eating mushrooms, and usually when I say that, you know, I say, yeah, mushrooms have been decriminalized in Denver, and there's always a contingent of the audience that goes woo, and then <laughs> all I say is some of you are tripping right now, and it gets a laugh. Yeah, every time. Easy. Very easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but that's not a joke. Yeah. So you don't have, like, not everything has to be a joke. And a lot of that comes to, like, yeah. feeling the audience and being present. Mm-hmm. I got a joke right. like that, too. And it's about how I got beat up by an Indian guy. Like yeah, a Native American same. guy. Yeah, it sounds exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the point is that, like, I end it, I end it with, uh, I've been beat up by all kinds of people. Uh-huh. It's like a... Like the, the the bit is that like my girlfriend thinks I'm prejudiced. I'm making this joke about Native Americans, and like what she doesn't realize is I've been beat up by all kinds of people. But I, I've tried it two different ways where I just end it with that, and then another way where I end it with, I hate everyone equally. And when I throw in that I hate everyone equally, it always gets a better response. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like it's like not even it's like kind of like a I almost felt like it was tacky. Like I was like that's kind of like low hanging fruit. I'm not gonna say that. But every time I do it, it gets a way better response. Yeah, and you're going to get to a point where certain jokes just fall out of fashion with you, and you're just like, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. But they're serving you right now. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, there's already things that even just in the year and a half that I've been doing this, there's bits that I'm like, I don't yeah, do that Yeah, I don't do I – don't, I'm not doing any of the material that I did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I could if I needed to, like in like a longer. It's always set. in the reserve. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not like proud of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, it's not even to say that it's like crass material or that it's like offensive or anything. It's just like this isn't good enough. It's like I've yeah. gotten to a better level than that. Yeah, right. sure. You just you just want to be like, and as an artist, like everything that you do now should be better than what you did. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of doing it all the time is to get better, right? Like you, you said, know? putting in those reps, man. And exactly. Give me reps. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Or dick. Well, we can wrap this up so Corey can get laid, but no, this is great. Great talk with you, Corey. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming up and doing this Yeah, with us. I'd love to come back and be able to do like a full weekend oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then be able to help out the scene. Fuck so. yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, man. And it's awesome. We, we, we love... Dipping into the the Denver scene and get you guys to come up 
And, yeah, uh, well, and anytime you so anytime you want to come down, just like let me know, and of course, happy to help you guys out. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like there's great, there's a great wealth of talent in Fort Collins and in Denver that would be willing to come up here and like support what you guys have going on. Sweet, yeah. And keep Steamboat Comedy like a viable. And if you thing. know guys and down there who like need opportunity and stuff like that, you someone you can vouch for, we'll put them on a show. We'll figure it out. I think uh, anyone we can get up here too, that's especially willing like you to give us advice. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing I think all of us can ask. For. Yeah, because obviously, like, you know how we are. You saw the show last night. We need help. Yeah, I'm not saying like, like we, no, we, it was good, but yeah, it could be you, better. No, you know what I mean. Like we, we we've we, got we, a good audience and we're all real raw. So yes. I mean, like, yeah. that's that's about the best case you can get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean? So yeah, man, I I appreciate you coming up here doing this and talking with us. This is awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, bud. Sweet. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thanks again to Corey David, Jared Morrill. I'm Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, you fucks. <laughs>